welcome, 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 welcome as once again we call the council to assemble. It is the Cinematic Council of Podcasts here on the BFE. Uh, my name is, is Ian. And I'm Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die. And I am Stu from SWO Productions. And that is it. It is like two or three of the hobbits got taken out by some orcs on the way to the meeting because the fellowship is dying. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Saturday morning to gather people. Oh, we were getting messages from Mary and Pippin. Yeah, they've got the, the, the trees didn't come to help. Uh, they're, uh, <laughs> they are running in through a field being chased, pursued by an orc. It happens. There you go. So, uh, yeah, but what we're going to do is we tried to do one of these a while ago, and we kind of had some scheduling hiccups, and we went, well, we'll postpone it. And then this is what happens. So I don't think we're any better off for it. However, we all get to talk a little bit more, and God knows I like that side of it. As do I. More screen time. More screen time. <laughs> more screen time in your audio device of choice. <laughs> So what we're going to do today is we're going to sort of just open up a little bit of general talk about 2023, the the year that that, that is about to be. Uh, happy 112 of the way through. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars, which I feel grossly undermatched for on that one. So you guys will you guys have to carry that. And then we're going to finish by doing something I've wanted to do for a couple of years now. And finally, we're going to give it a go. Called Fantasy Box Office, where we're going to go ahead and choose a, uh, a roster of films to go up against each other. As we play studio execs, the head of our respective individual studios here, which films will make the most money in 2023? And that'll give us a natural sort of reason to talk about some of the upcoming releases in 2023 as well. So that should be... A fun time for your audio listening and infotainment. How are we all doing today? Uh, I told you, I told you I have I have steroids that I have to take now, and they're the worst pills I've ever had because I, I'm trying to just chuck them right into the back of my throat because the second they touch my tongue, they start disintegrating. And it's just like I have this terrible pill taste that reminds me of like whenever I was five years old. And my mom gave me like adult people aspirin for the first time in my life. Oh, and geez. I never had adult aspirin, so I just chewed them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I remember that night. It's one of those stupid little kid nights that just stayed with me forever is like spending an hour going, oh my God. In contrast to that, Kev, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing all right. No steroids that I could see. I mean, I'm open <laughs> if you have any. <laughs> Uh, much like Raphael Palmero, I shall deny, deny, deny. There's the deep cut. Jeez. Uh, I once made, once made the joke. How do you say steroids in Spanish? Raphael Palmero. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just got a quick question as we start the year off. We just had one of the big entertainment juggernauts of all time. Uh, let's start with this. Anybody catch Rihanna's uh, halftime show? I did not. Wow. Actually, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say that. I watched a little bit as I was, I don't know, making food or something. I am notorious when the halftime show starts, I, I bounce. Yeah. It's not, I really don't care. It's not really been my thing ever, but by the time it gets on over here, it's one thirty in the morning. So really yeah, yeah. all the food making's done. Like I'm just going to sit there and sort of try and keep, for me, it's, can I stay awake? I've reached that age where if the game's not whatever, we recorded the pod earlier in the day and I'm just like, I'm looking at Liam. And he's losing the battle for sleep, and I'm 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 really losing the battle for sleep. 
And uh, yeah, made it. I don't know if Rihanna really helped me that much in that regard. Uh, Stu, did you make happen to see it? You were wearing a jumper the same color as as she was wearing. <laughs> I did. Um, I I watched the game. That's the only part of the Super Bowl at all that my wife watched. My wife was just like, "Text me when Rihanna's on. I'll come down and watch it." So, yeah, we watched it. It was it was fine. I feel bad because I've seen like this internet kickback to complaining that her halftime show was boring because people are like oh yeah i'm sorry she wasn't more exciting for you while she's growing a human being inside of her and walking along platforms 50 feet in the air or anything but it just like i don't know it feels like we've come to expect more like i either want it to be memeably funny like the weekend running through a hall of mirrors or Katy perry with left shark or (laughs) i want it to be like 50 different performers coming out and doing a medley like they did last year with all the 90s rappers this this just felt like a performance i could have seen anywhere at any time it didn't scream like super bowl halftime to me i didn't mind it i was i was all right with it i'm not a big rihanna fan um i was surprised at how many of the songs i did know um, yeah, I I kind of like Rihanna, and my wife's a huge Rihanna fan. And even then, I was just like, I didn't know she sang like twenty percent of these songs. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, as a result of on um, fifteen costumes, I don't know. I mean, I was the I really liked that stretch in the early to mid two thousands where it was like you know you had Bruce Springsteen, and then you had Aerosmith, and then you had U two, and then you had you know insert rock band here, but. uh then they uh, Jay Z came along and kind of ch- flipped the script and changed changed the way it is forever and ever and ever. Amen. Because now they pay Maroon to play, five. don't they? Maroon Five. Oh my word! But the weekend, <laughs> the weekend really was the most boring. I don't think it's got anything to do with the fact. I'm, I mean, I'm too old for this stuff. But right. uh, I think it's the idea that there's one where I went. I know that one song. That one song yes. they kept plugging for that Pepsi ad all the time. I sat there and went, I know none of these. And my girlfriend at the time was going, Oh, I know some of these. I'm like, Yeah, I know none of these. So I'm just really I'm just really bored. See, I will right. I will counter you on that. I'm I'm a little bit better with two thousands, two thousand tens music than anything, to the point where you mentioned Bruce Springsteen and one of my favorite stories I tell people and this was like 10 years ago my wife and I were home one morning I don't remember if work was canceled or whatever but we're actually at home on a weekday watching like Good Morning America and they said oh coming up next a live performance from Bruce Springsteen my wife and I sat there and we realized in the span of five minutes we could name between both of us three Bruce Springsteen songs, except it turned out they were all actually John Cougar Mellencamp songs. So oh, between no. the two of us, we, we couldn't name a single Bruce Springsteen song. Isn't this, a, isn't this a joke from The Office? Isn't this what this is? I don't know, is it? <laughs> Michael Scott's going to go, he puts together a CD of uh, Springsteen songs. They all end up being Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I know all of Bruce Springsteen songs, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the craziest thing is. People love him, though. Yeah, they, they do. People who love him really love him. Um, yeah, I sat there this morning going like, what, what's Bruce Springsteen sing? He sings Jack and Diane, right? He sings Little Pink Houses. <laughs> so you're like, that's... Um, like, for me, like I was that way when, when Prince was on. I didn't get Prince. I just don't get Prince. I don't get Prince. I don't know I what it is. Prince. Oh, do you really? I love so, Prince. So, like, I was like, my friend who's nuts about Prince, and I was amazed, and I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. I think the, <laughs> I think the, the thing back then that worked if I can get, you know, get off my lawn and yell at a cloud and all that stuff, <laughs> is that the median age of the viewership 
and the median age of people inside the stadium is probably a lot closer to our age than who a lot of these artists are now aiming for. <laughs> and so there's that disconnect where you kind of find me to feel like, oh, you're not cool because you don't really like Rihanna that much. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with not being cool, but it just seems like a strange blend, and it'll be here forever because now it's an institution, the Super Bowl halftime show. But, right. uh, yeah, I just I just kind of come to grips with the fact that it's never going to be something that's that's aimed I'll have to let that go. Sports, I thought, was my one safe haven. Sports is the one area of popular culture where they're like, it's okay to be a guy in his 40s because it's it's kind of about you. And then the you halftime what, show though? goes, nah. No, you know what, though? The problem isn't, the problem is we're too old because, like, you think you're talking about Rihanna like she's some, like, hip new act. Rihanna's been around for, like, 15 <laughs> No, no, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, Rihanna is a nostalgia. I remember when SOS came out right. and I predicted one hit wonder or it was umbrella. It was umbrella or SOS. And I went, yeah, this is going to be her only hit. I thought it was a gimmick. <laughs> and then her and Katy Perry, I couldn't have been more wrong on either one of them. Yeah. 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 And they've all hit the ha- halftime show at the Super Bowl. So that's the ultimate level of, yeah, couldn't have been more wrong. Literally <laughs> global audience. There you go. But then the other part I want to talk about is, that holding or not i mean the quarterback said it was yeah it's amazing i don't know if he's i don't know if he said that because he's an impending free agent and he doesn't want to come off as like a a guy who's going to get fined for complaining about officiating but but he said it was so i don't know i'm i'm with incidental i'm with yeah i'm with i'm with greg olson you don't call that especially not at that point in the game yeah, I, I don't think it's a necessary call, but I was cheering for the Chiefs, so I didn't care. Absolutely, I understand that. But you, ha- you have a punch-counterpunch kind of match going on, and then yeah. what it did was it took the game out of the players' hands. So it wasn't, can Kansas City get a stop? It was, oh, that's it. And rather than walk away talking about the players, which at that point, it's weird. I was kind of detached from it anyway, maybe because I was so tired. But I am going all right, because I think it was kind of the sense of impending doom I used to get whenever I watched Peyton Manning play as well, where no matter how far ahead you get on Patrick Mahomes, you know he's going to come back. He just does that, doesn't he? And so so as that's happening, you're kind of waiting for this, the players to tell this narrative. And, you know, what was it? Can you say it was technically a holding call? Sure you can. Sure you can. Mm. But is that the time to blow that? I don't. I don't think so. So I was. I was all the way up there with Greg Olson going good shout. And Juju Smith Schuster has no class. If you haven't seen the <laughs> the meme of the uh, of the the, the oh, Valentine he made that. up, I thought I, the day. I people, oh come on! I think, I think people take that shit too seriously. I thought that was funny as hell. That thing he posted where it's like, "I'll hold you when it matters most" or something. I thought that was funny as hell. Man. When the guy was even classy enough to go, "Yeah, I held you. You, you have to yeah. go do that." Oh, that's yeah. brutal. It's it's probably classless for Juju to do it, but yes. as a meme, I no, thought no. it was hilarious. A meme is fine. Juju, the guy who was held. Yeah, that's, come that's on. That's, that's fair. You've that's got your ring. Fair. Sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, he he spent the first few years as a stealer, so he came into the league and learned all about how to be classless. Yeah, and that's, that's what he's going to carry enough. with him the rest of, the, of his career. Fair enough. The Steelers <sighs> are the most classless organization in the league. That's that's what they teach people. Well, there you go. <laughs> Remember next nice to grind. <laughs> you have to remember he spent his he spent his first few years catching passes from a <laughs> alleged Alle- allegedly the views expressed are those of the stew world order podcast and do not re- 
represent those of best film ever or the podcast that wouldn't die. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, where was I going to go? <laughs> where else do you go for that? I mean, I'll say this as, as a, as a, I can't say long suffering, but, but, but as a uh, Pats fan, um, who's been accused of getting more than my fair share of calls over the years, never in a game that big, never in a time that, that, that significant. I think the, the biggest amplifier is coming out of that Kansas city, Cincinnati game where like the officiating was so bad yep. and right. so tilted towards the chiefs. The last thing the NFL needed was an even questionable call, especially in that moment of the game, basically helping the chiefs win. Like yeah. technically you're right. Is it holding? Yeah. But should they have called it? No. And it, <laughs> it's just magnified by how bad the officiating was in the AFC title game. Yeah, I think that's a good place. Not all playoffs, frankly. Yeah, probably a good place to leave it. But but I always love um, a commentator who's not afraid to call it as he sees it, even if it's not the popular he thing to do. About it too, and he still is. He and was- even even when even when Mike Ferrer, or whatever his name is, the head of officiating they've got on staff, was like, "No, you're wrong, Greg." Greg's like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> You go to hell and you die, Mike Ferreira. <laughs> the only time I saw something like that was when it was the year of the famous no call in the uh, NFC Championship game where uh, the Saints were playing the Rams. Oh, right. And it was the yeah. most egregious, like, I remember watching that in real time and going, how's that? And they slowed it down a million times. Like, you can slow it down forever. In real, you can play at a double speed. That thing's egregious. Yeah. Right. And they went back to the booth. I don't know which of the of the old fellas it was. So the four of them who sit there on the game that night. But one guy just went off and was calling on the league to reverse the decision and was saying, you can't build up a whole season that comes down to this and then not make that call. And yeah, he the broadcast ended. He never really brought it up again because I'm pretty sure he was told if he wanted to keep his job. You'll because he was like man number four in a four man crew. You know what it is? Like, he's not, (laughs) it's not like it's Michael Irvin or something like that, where you're like, Yeah, no one's firing Michael Irvin. It's not that. So, um, yeah, sorry. So, if you're not NFL inclined, thank you for at least uh, allowing us that that diversion as we start talking about 2023, uh, the year to come in in film. Uh, I guess we could talk about 80 for Brady, but I haven't. It's, I'll tell you what, surprise, surprise, it's not really getting played in the UK. It might surprise you to know. <laughs> I saw it on Monday. Did you really? Oh, which, <laughs> I had the day Super off. Bowl. My wife made me go. Which Super Bowl is it based off? It's the Atlanta. It's got to be the Atlanta game, okay. right? Yeah. I didn't know if it was the Atlanta Super Bowl or the Seattle Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. It's a big comeback. It's got to be, okay. it's got to be 28 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, okay. I always say when I go to the movies with my wife, we're seeing uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. We're seeing anything by Nancy Myers. So it, it was it was fine for what it aspired to be. That's what I will say. If that's your cup of tea. Enjoy. <laughs> there you go. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I haven't seen any. I don't think I've seen a movie in the cinema in 2023 yet. I think I'm gonna go see one tonight. I think that's my, that's my first one. You seen Quantum Yeah, I'm gonna go see Ant Man. Okay. Now, part part of that's for the pod though, because people people on our Patreon are reaching out, going, "Hey, you guys can do a seat or skip it," and we're like, "Yeah, I mean, we wanted to anyway." But as far as like you know, what's making sure I do go see it this weekend? Probably that. I mean, the only one I haven't, I didn't get the chance to see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in cinemas because I was busy doing. Uh, I was in a, uh, a musical of some sort. Well, not some sort. I knew which one it was. But 
That's like Straight. a nightmare. I don't know what I'm performing tonight. Straight thing. Oh, I'd love that. I mean, well, as long as I knew it, I'd be well up for it. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but not quite. And I didn't like Ant Man 1, and I didn't like Ant Man 2. Oh, I love Ant-Man but one. but you know I've heard the scuttlebutt about you know who's supposed to be in Ant Man three and so I will put up with uh, with a third go uh, of the Ant Man cycle in order to uh, ground myself. I think it's one of those if you're more invested in the long term story arc of the MCU, you really have to see it for that reason. So that's the that's the, the main push to get me in. But really, again, it's that thi- it's weird. It's that thing. What's getting me into cinemas? It's that um, it's that big big event movie, mm-hmm. rather than looked, anything else. I just looked at my letterbox diary, and I think I've been to the cinema four or five times this year. So uh, I've been going. I, I wish I'd been going more because I have the uh, AMC plan where, like, you pay twenty dollars a month and you can go up to three times a week. So I spend You're a lot of time money. just going. <laughs> I am well, no, not really, because if you see. If you see things in the Dolby Theater, which I usually do, if you go twice a month, you've already more than gotten the the, the plan benefit. But but you've got four times in a year. Well, the year's only <laughs> year's only like six oh. weeks old. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the last twelve months. No. <laughs> oh no no no. Last year. <laughs> no, last year I went a ton. I'm just going for 2023. <laughs> We've got something like that where I'm. It's problem is for me it's a 25 minute drive to get to the cinema that I could do it at. Oh, and I'm just like, oh. I'm like, if it was five, because I know um, Agent Scott from Spy Hards, he's got one like five minutes down the road from his. And I got a maid who's got one five minutes. And if it was that, oh, I'd be there all the time. But it's right. just, you know, 20, and, and petrol's not cheap. So, you know, um, is that something I really want to jump down there for if it's going to be a meh kind of film? So I don't know. You know what I just saw the other day was Megan. Have you guys seen that? No, but yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> Stu, what did you think? It's hard. I, it's hard to say what I think of that because I had the single worst movie going experience. Hang on, hang on. It's hard to say what I think of it. You are a guy who reviews movies for, on, on a podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, but... Isn't that no, the whole basis? I, let me talk about what I thought about this no, film. Let me, let, me, let me get through this because I had the <laughs> single worst movie experience of my life. It was the worst theater crowd I've ever sat in. Nobody okay. shut up. The people in front of me spent their entire movie experience just watching TikTok on their phone. There was somebody down in the front row of the theater who just kept constantly doing a strobe light with their phone. There were there were like single digit age kids behind me who at their full outside voice were just arguing the entire movie. I barely heard what happened in it. Like I saw the movie, but... I couldn't tell you dialogue or anything. It was awful. There was another kid, like single digit on the other side behind me who found out he could make a simply amazing sound with his straw on the lid of his drink and was having a blast doing that. It was, it was the worst movie going experience I've ever had. So my, my takeaway is never again, see a PG horror movie at like seven o'clock on a Saturday. I'll see that shit at like noon or something. Well, let me springboard off to this then, because it's not something I obviously plan on talking about but i think we've all had an experience maybe not that bad but we've all had an experience <laughs> where something's gone um with, with with the audience that you're in is acting in a way that is adverse to optimum viewing conditions you said you spend 20 bucks a month on on a card 
that's supposed to access you. And so, you know, that's only beneficial if A, you get your, you're there to get there enough, but B, if you're able to, once you're there, actually enjoy the film you're seeing. You know, the only limiter should be, is this film any good? Not is the audience any good? Yeah. Should exhibitors have more responsibility of ensuring an optimal viewing experience? Absolutely. I mean, go get security. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if, it's, if the whole theater has gone insane, I don't know what you do at that stage of the game. But uh, The sad part is yeah, you can't even be like, can I have my money back because you're on a subscription plan? Yeah. yeah can you get some, like, can you get yeah. some vouchers for free popcorn or something? Honestly, my wife was, my wife said this after the theater. And I said, if you had suggested it, I would have gone through with it. She said like 15 minutes into the movie, she was thinking about turning to me. And because we have this plan, just being like, do you want to come back tomorrow and just try to watch this again tomorrow? And like, we have the plan. So it would have been no problem to do it. But yeah, I mean, I I've never been there. I've had theater experiences where like one or two people are being weird yeah and it's fine because i tend to think those are funny but like i went to see megan and like you said it was the entire theater it was nobody shut up people were answering their phone and having conversations in the middle of this movie it was i wrote an article on swoproductions.com go on there and find my review of megan because it's not a review of megan it's a review of my theater experience that sounds great as far as like (laughs) no but as far as a read though because because we've all been there just yeah. not not to the degree that it sounds like you you were but right. i remember being batman versus superman which I, i'm gonna say it i don't think it was that bad of a film um but i'll tell you maybe i was distracted because there was someone in the second row whose phone just kept lighting up and i don't care what it is the these phones are so good now but the led power is far brighter right. than the image on, on the screen my yeah. eyes automatically drawn to it you just can't help do it and i think if we're told ahead of time hey, put your phones away if you're not willing to live by that contract by which you've established. We've told you what the rules of being here are. Then you get bounced. Now, I feel bad for the 14-year-old who's got to come do that, but <laughs> right. But, yeah. but but that's on the exhibitors then. Find someone whose job it is to do that. A bouncer. Yeah. Get somebody in here, for reals. Because... I don't, those situations you know there's 200 people in there all watching that one person sort of on their phone now not in yours where you were the one watching 200 people on their phones but <laughs> it, it just is it's such a everything about a filmmaking uh, sorry a, a film viewing experience the darkened lights everybody facing the same direction the rigidity of the stairs the sort of stadium seating thing all towards one key point that's all designed for a singular focused point of view and the minute you add any sort of outside interference all those things i mean if the lights were on his little phone wouldn't be nearly as bothersome because it wouldn't stand out in the darkness as much as it does but the thing that makes a film viewing experience great, if it's adhered to, ruins it the minute that you put any outside interference into it. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's, your theater going experience was like the purge. So, I mean, <laughs> the game, I, you know what? I think it might be one of those things where like early on the kids behind me were just so loud and so talking that the rest of the theater just went like, all right, it's, just gave it's up. the fucking it's, it's <laughs> on. Let's do this. Yeah, better to steer into the skid than try and fight it. I I completely blanked Lord of the Flies. I was going to say there you it go. was the book with the kids. I was like, that's what they decided that theater was. <laughs> it was the Lord of the Flies in there. And they all wanted the conk. Right. Well, it is usually like those kind of preteens, adolescent types 
who yeah, are just it's going bonkers, no parents to be seen. Yeah, it's PG horror. It's PG-13 horror where people are bringing their kids and it's like, oh, it's your first horror experience. And it's it was it was rough. It was rough. Uh, I've had, like I said, I've had other movie experiences. I saw a movie way back in the aughts and I don't even remember what it was. It might have been called The, the Coven. It was about male witches. And there was yes. a dude who just sat next to us and for the first 20 minutes of the movie just ate an apple. And I was like, an this apple? is hilarious. Yeah, who eats an apple? <laughs> Just in a movie. So we're sitting there watching this movie and it's just like crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> you can't even be mad pocket? at that guy. You can't even be <laughs> mad at that guy. That's so ballsy to just bring an apple in. I have to say, though, I enjoyed Megan a great deal. I thought it was a lot of fun. There's only three of us in the theater and I was the one causing the ruckus. So it was okay. <laughs> there you go. What time and day did you go see us at? Was this like a 9 a.m. viewing or what? 1220 on a Thursday. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Something really weird about living in the UK, at least the part I do, is like there's no late screenings. It's like your your, your latest one will go in at like nine, 839 o'clock. There's no like 1030 viewing of any movie. It's insane. They don't have many man. of them anymore over here. No? They used to have them. They used to have yeah, like they midnight shows and things like that, yeah. 11 o'clock shows. Yeah, I'm but used I, to that I stuff. I can't. I can't start a movie after eight o'clock. I'm an I'm an old man. Oh, I'm I in tra- fall asleep. I, I do fall asleep. I guess I just want the option available to me because I'm like, it seems weird to go. I can have a noon viewing when everyone's in school. So I don't understand what the point of that is. But there but there there is a noon screening if if we wanted to go, or when people are actually out of it, and you can actually generate some income. No, not having it. Off you go. Nope. Um, you know, our last yeah, seven thirty is it. It's a seven thirty screening, sir. I went last weekend to see the Fablemans and it showed at 10 o'clock and it was by far the latest showing the theater had nothing played after it. It was the last thing playing of the night was, and yeah, definitely. Like Kevin said, I remember several years ago before COVID even like movies Mm -hmm. played until like 11, 12, they would start and now they just don't. What do you think of the Fablemans? Cause Liam went and saw that. It was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I was surprised when I did my research afterwards, cause I knew it was autobiographical, but I thought a lot of it was exaggerated. It's, it's amazing. Like pretty much everything that happens to that kid actually happened to Spielberg. I was surprised. There you go. Uh, I'm trying to get through all the best picture nominees before the Oscars. Well, that know, feels like seven. a good segue to talk about, <laughs> to talk about the Oscars. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> So I gotta be honest, like I've seen so few of these as I'm trying to bring them up on my own screen, even just the Oscar noms, um, the things that, uh, I was surprised to have seen things are surprised that I, I don't know, that, that wasn't there. Uh, the buzz is, I guess it's that time of year where you're talking about who's, uh, who deserved it, who got snubbed, but what, what were your guys initial thoughts when the Oscar noms dropped? My initial thought was I haven't seen a whole lot of these movies because um, like, like Stu said, it's like I kind of make it an effort to try to knock out all the best picture nominees once I know what they are. But this year it's been kind of a grind. So, and my wife basically said, deuces, you're on your own this year. So we'll see if, I, if I'm able to catch up. Very sad. <laughs> see, I almost feel the opposite. I feel like I, I typically care so little about the Oscars. 
And this year going in with the movies that had the buzz and then the movies got that got nominated, I feel like this is the most accessible year the Oscars have had in a long time, minus maybe 2019 when like Joker and Jojo Rabbit and Parasite were all up. But like, I looked back in... Of all the movies nominated for the year 2020 and 2021 for Best Picture, I saw one movie. Right. And I feel like this year, even before I started making it a point to catch up on the ones I hadn't seen, I'd seen at least three or four of the Best Picture nominations. You've got probably, without looking at the numbers, the two highest grossing movies of the year are both nominated for Best Picture. Like, when's the last time that happened? So... That's interesting because I was just thinking that, and I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's a conscious choice by the Academy to make them accessible, or if it was just the fallout from um from the pandemic, kind of going here's the film. It was it's still a smaller field than you typically would would have had in 2022 compared to previous years. I I don't think it's reactionary by the Oscars because I think the Oscars showed repeatedly through the 2010s that they didn't give a flying fart what society thought they were going to nominate their movies. I think this was just a really good year for movies. I think this was a, a genuinely a, a really surprising year for the stuff that came out and you had stuff like Top Gun Maverick that it's a big blockbuster film, but you couldn't actually deny how well it was made. If I may counterpoint your point just for a moment, you may, we are living in the aftermath, the hangover of the slap. Yeah. Where Will Smith physically assaulted the host of the Oscars. Not only was he not asked to leave, he was then (laughs) rewarded with the best actor. The Oscar, you know, half an hour later and received a standing ovation as his as he called himself a vessel of love and was broadcast globally. Is there not a point to go? Hey, we might have lost some credibility with the everyman on this one. Maybe we need to get that back. Now, I, I, I've seen Top Gun Maverick is one of the two. I've seen two of the best Oscar picture nominees. Which, which ones have you seen? I've seen uh, Top Gun Maverick and Elvis. Oh, you didn't really? see Avatar? No, I saw once once um, Avatar 2 was coming out, we reviewed Avatar 1 on the pod because I'd never seen that. And then I went, yeah, pretty much what I thought. Not my kind of thing. And then stayed away from Avatar 2. I'll, Avatar 2 is better. I've... Two's better? Uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest. I've seen I've seen seven of the ten best picture nominees, and one of the three I haven't seen is Avatar. Okay. Oh damn. But again, but again, uh, I never saw the first one. I still haven't seen the first one, so I don't really care about that like, one. F- I guess for me, my thing with the first one was how important are those visuals to you? And it turns out I finally went on to watching it, and it looks I got a nice old big old TV, and it looked tremendous on my big old TV and all that stuff. It wasn't the same as watching it in the cinema in 3D when 3D wasn't a gimmick, and when 3D, you know, and I believe that Avatar probably has purpose behind its 3D, which very few 3D films do. But despite all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, the visuals are great, but I still need something else with story and with acting. And right. I I thought there were limitations. It, it was it was a simple story done it doesn't have to be a complicated story simple stories can be really really good but it was a story i'd seen a hundred times before and i'm going right. so unless you're going to be a hundred percent swept away by by the visuals um i don't know what new ground it was breaking so uh 
yeah, the thought then to go ahead and sign up to sit my butt down for three hours and do it all over again uh, didn't strike me. Though Liam bagged on the first one, and then he went ahead and saw the second one because he thought it might be different. I, to which point my point was, the most financially successful film of all time. You thought they were going to divert that route on the second go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, look, the first one is very light on plot. It's much yeah. more spectacle, like you were saying. And this, you know, the visuals were were amazing. Now, that being said, it really didn't have a cultural footprint for the last 10 years, in my opinion. Right? I, no one was really clamoring for it. Um, but I, so I went and saw the second one kind of, you know, under protest. And I enjoyed it. Now, is it Lawrence of Arabia? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it it's markedly better. It's still very simple. There are times where it's a little predictable, but it's much more enjoyable, in my humble opinion. Are you excited about the third one now? <laughs> I don't know about excited. I'm sure I will probably wind up seeing it, but it's not like, damn, let me get those pre-ordered tickets in. All right. Um... I don't know. I mean, I, I, for those of you who have seen them, I mean, I mean, Stu, you've seen seven. Yes. Which one should take home the statue? Of the ones I've seen. Which which ones have you seen? Let's talk through that. I have seen everything, everywhere, all at once. Banshees of Inisherin. I did. Top Gun Maverick. All Quiet on the Western Front. The Fablemans. Tar and Elvis. So the three I haven't seen are Avatar, Women Talking, and Triangle of Sadness. Okay. Of the the ones I've seen, I mean, let's face it, Top Gun Maverick is not going to win. I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. It's not going to win. That's Wouldn't it be great if it did? <laughs> no, you know what? Because I think it has to be either everything, everywhere, all at once. Sure, that's what's wrong. Ban- yeah. Or Banshees of Inisherin. It has to be one of those two. And as a movie, I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick more than Banshees of Inisherin. It's close, but as a movie, I enjoyed it more. But boy, I would much rather Banshees of Inisherin win Best Picture than Top Gun Maverick. Why is that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push on that. I think, it, I think it's a better movie. I think Top Gun Maverick is a movie that when I sat there in theaters with the big Dolby theater experience, I was white knuckling in my recliner seat, and it had me engaged. Mm-hmm. But it's a movie that I think like. Will I ever watch again? I don't know because I won't have that same experience outside of the Dolby theater. Whereas Banshees of Inisherin, I think like I'm going to watch that movie again and I can just watch that on TV, the TV in my house and it'll be fine. And I just think it's better made. I think the acting is better. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are phenomenal in it. Carrie Condon is great in it. I, I, I just think the story is more interesting. Whereas Top Gun is like, it's an incredibly well-made popcorn movie, but it's a popcorn movie. I watched it one time and in the theater, and that's all I'll ever need. Oh, damn. Let me ask you this. I, I saw Banshees, and I enjoyed it. My wife had a different opinion. Um, what <laughs> what was it about, in your opinion? Because I, I found it uh, kind of confounding. I think it's just a character study. I think it's it's the character study of two characters. I think people get tied up a lot in, you know, like, what is a movie about? I think it's just, I felt the same way whenever I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I watched Once Upon yep. a Time in Hollywood. And at the end, I was like, what was that movie about? But then I realized, like, it was about Quentin Tarantino wanted to make an alternate fiction and and just study this actor in his stunt double. That's all it was. So I, I think that's what Banshees of Inisherin was. It was kind of juxtaposing the relationship of these two human beings with the 
the civil or the, the the war going on in Ireland in the 1920s. It's funny to hear you speak about this because obviously Martin McDonough and these two actors have done a film before, a couple, yes. um, and in Bruges, and there's a film that when it ends, you go, "What was that movie about? <laughs> what is the point of this movie? What was what was the reason why I sat down and watched this? Is it plot? Not really. Is and it is what is it? It's really a character study, isn't it? It's it's it's, right. it's it's really what it is, and I love In Bruges. So, but I'm I'm all in on anything Martin McDonough does. I mean, I love Three Billboards. I loved In Bruges. So it, that is one that's on my want list. To actually, go go check out. As is All Quiet on the Western Front. As is everything, everywhere, all at once. Just because oh, the press it's I, been getting since minute one has been been um, ridiculous. Yeah, I just this past week rewatched every everything everywhere all at once for the first time since it came out in theaters, and it was even better than I remembered it. I think that's one of the most complete movies just in. It has action. It has strong emotional beats. It's hilarious. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine just like being able to take everything that you can put in a movie and putting it in a movie and just giving you every single feeling you can have. I, I think it was perfect. I think that should win, but if it doesn't and they decide to go more kind of Oscar baby, I hope it's Banshees. All right. Um, lot of, uh, lot of say what shouldn't win. Okay. And it's one of the two you saw is freaking Elvis. How does Elvis, no, Elvis shouldn't, <laughs> Elvis shouldn't win. It was not a good, I mean, it's not bad or anything, but it's, it's, eh. No. Um, a lot of controversy. Best director. We got five men up for grabs. Oh yeah. I, I, I I'm going to come in. We're going to learn their lesson. Aren't can they? I come in? Can I come out in favor of this? Well, just no, only nominating men. No, let me, let me, (laughs) (laughs) let me, let me, let me, let me, let me me clarify. What I mean is the Oscars, I think we brought up on a previous one. I didn't want it to just become a a tick list of going, do we have, what are the demographics for each category? And, and are these, and it's just going, yes, we've got, we've got, um, it's not homogeneously one group for, for any, for any demographic you would think of. And you didn't want that to become a performative thing. And so when I saw five male directors come up, I went, oh, okay. So it, what it leads me to believe is every other category, this, this isn't this performative thing going on, but they're actually going for the five best that they saw. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm out there on that. Le- I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to join me on my branch, but I'm just saying, do you understand the branch I'm trying to establish here? Because here's the thing. Do you just nominate a, a female director for the sake of going, we nominated a female director, now no one can shoot at us? I get what you're saying. I'm I'm bad at knowing who directed movies. I It's one of those things like right. I should pay more attention to, but like, I don't know who directed most movies, so I don't know what female directors were left off the list this year. So this year in particular, I can't really make a counter argument to to what you're saying. So yeah. I get what you're saying. You think that like because they didn't just go down a tick list that these are probably the best five. The counter argument could be that like it's just Oscars being Oscars and nominating men. It could, but it just seems strange to just do it for the director only and not yeah. worry about some of the other categories. Well, they... They have a lot of problems with the best actress category too. For uh, I, I 
have to look up her name, but I forget for not nominating the black woman who was in Till. Viola Davis. And for not, 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 well, also her. Oh, sorry, for, I uh, was going to uh, say her for Veal, her for uh, yes. the Woman King, and then the lady from Till whose name I forget. <laughs> right. Uh, just a small thing. We went and took a group of students out um, to, to the, the, the movies. I teach an A level, which is kind of like a university aimed film class. And we went on a bit of a field trip because that seemed like a good idea. And we gave him a choice. We didn't tell him which film teacher was taking which group to see which movie. And so my colleague had decided that she was going to go see The Woman King. And I decided I was going to see Don't Worry, Darling. And, <laughs> and I know anything about it. I just, I, I just heard of it. And I went, oh, it's, it's the new Florence Pugh movie. Uh, yeah. Big, big fan of Florence Pugh. Uh, yeah. was being directed yes. by, sorry, her name escapes me at the moment. Olivia Wilde. Thank you, Olivia Wilde. And so I went, all right. And we put it out there. We didn't say who was who because the thought was, I think my... I, my, my my profile amongst the two. I think that went. This is this is. Um, I'll, I'll say Ian rather than my surname. But this is this is Ian's film that they'd all go ahead and join me. And as it turned out, they not one person chose the woman king, and they all chose Don't Worry, Darling. So we all went and saw Don't Worry, Darling. My 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 colleague joined us, and that's a shame because Viola Davis can. I don't care what it is. Like you put Viola Davis in it, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm that's there, amazing. and I'm and I'm excited yeah. about it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I, I I didn't see the film, but uh, yeah, I just think you can't go wrong with Viola Davis in any situation. I think you know, ideally, it's not about kind of slotting you know different you know groups into okay, here's a, a one for uh, a women director or a person of color who's a director. Ideally, there are more opportunities. Yes, for those directors, so then therefore the cream rises to the top. So. Yeah, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not sitting there seeing five men going, "Yeah, we did <laughs> yeah, it!" Finally, they're doing it right. <laughs> Claim it back. <laughs> I'm not doing that, but I am going. Okay, so it doesn't feel like it's just it's just you know make 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 sure that we've got tick tick. We are we are bulletproof. Um, right. On the lead actress thing, I mean, I was really surprised, and I haven't seen it, but I was really surprised to see Anna de Armas with a nomination for a film that's absolutely getting destroyed by the critics in, um, I think it's Netflix's Blonde. Right. Has anybody seen it? No, I had no interest in it. I, I think my wife might have watched it, but I definitely didn't. I didn't watch and it yeah, I. When I just talked about some of the names that were left off the list, like Best Actress was stiff competition this year. Mm -hmm. And for her to make it for that movie just seems so really, really awesome. It seems strange to do a biopic, right? A biopic where obviously it all lands on who's playing Marilyn. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it's possible to have a film that's like everyone's going, bad movie. Man, was she good in it. It'd be like if when um, Renee Zellweger played Judy in in the film of the same name, played Ju- Judy Garland, right? And, and and everybody was like, "Oh, the movie's terrible," but she was great. Like you just didn't know, you didn't hear about. It. You heard Judy's a fantastic character study because of how good she is. It seems weird in a movie that's not. She's not the best part of this crazy. Um, you know, larger cast adventure scope or bigger family drama. It's literally a one character sort of um, boss that's driving this thing. Yeah. She really carried that lousy movie. Apparently. (laughs) If that's the case, then she, she should win. 
simple Absolutely. as if you're that good. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. Um, lead actor. I mean, I, I want Brendan Fraser to win for the whale because who doesn't love Brendan Fraser and a comeback yeah, story and all that stuff. I think every, I think everybody wants him to win. Yes. Yeah. Uh, over here, Bill Nye got a lot of positive press for living, but I saw Austin Butler and Elvis and thought he was fantastic. I did. So who's your pick, Austin Butler? Oh, I only saw one. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going. I mean, you'd have to ignore the. You can, by the time Oscars come around, you you can sort of read where the tea leaves are going. I don't think there's. I think every wind is blowing in the direction of Brendan Fraser and the Whale. It's Seems weird because like it. that. That seemed to be the case, but I, in the last week, I've started reading a lot of sites like prognosticating the winners and suddenly no site I'm reading doing current prognostications has Brendan winning. That would be such a shame if he peaked too early on that. Yeah. Cause that's he got, been, a, he got too popular too early. Cause that's been out there for a long time. People have been talking about him for a long time. Yeah. 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 I well, saw the movie the very divisive the, as well. Sorry. Oh, is it? That, that's what they say. There are people who love it, and there are people who find it offensive. Oh, eh, I saw it. I I really enjoyed it. I <laughs> I'm going to go back to the same boat I have here. Like, if you're going to do a movie that's carried by one really strong performance, The Whale is so much better than Elvis. <laughs> the Whale should be nominated for Best Picture ahead of Elvis. That wasn't Tom Hanks' story, was it? <laughs> the Whale? No. Okay, my bad. Um, sorry, <laughs> trying something. <laughs> there are some people, if I can, I know he wasn't nominated, and I'm not saying necessarily nor should he be, but there are people calling that the worst performance of his career, and I'm going, what planet are you on? I don't think it was, oh, I don't think yeah, it was one of his, like, you know, iconic, you, when you think of Tom Hanks, you'll think of this, but I don't think it was particularly bad. It's not like it was the Lady Killers. Oh, uh, the Lady Killers. <laughs> Jeez, we make church music. I never saw the lady killers. Oh, it's horrendous. He was, he was doing something in, in Elvis. I don't know what he was doing, but he made a choice and he went with it. And it's, it's Tom Hanks. You're Tom Hanks. And you're like, what? 60, 70 years old. Now you can do whatever you want. It's fine. Santa Claus. (laughs) Little segue here. Has anybody seen a man called Otto? I have seen it. It was good. Was it good? It's it's. Have you seen up the movie up? It's the first 15 minutes of Up for two hours. The entire movie. My wife sobbed the entire movie from beginning to end. Just just two hours of sobbing in the movie theater. It's such a depressing movie. Where you're like, somebody shut that person up. I want to just watch a movie in peace. (laughs) She wasn't blubber blubber (laughs) sobbing, thank God. But every time I looked over, like she's wincing and just just tears rolling down her face. It was poignant. (laughs) It was poignant. No, it was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't good or anything. It was just like, boy, it's it was just a movie that just wanted to stab you in the soul like every two minutes. (laughs) That is true. But I enjoyed it. (laughs) I like a little soul stabbing every now and again. I don't have a soul. souls are for suckers that's right and that sounds like three studio executives at play here so i'm gonna pivot from that on to uh on to uh, i guess our i don't know if it's our main attraction but it's it's how we'll we'll sort of talk about the movies that are to come this year so i haven't got an order planned out we'll do snakes um so what's gonna happen is we're gonna do a fantasy draft if you will of films that are to come in the uh coming year i figure we'll do i don't know maybe six rounds 
That should be all right. Total of 18 movies picked. Should be big name movies going all across the board. Uh, who's got the nearest birthday? Mine's in July. Anybody get? Anybody have a closer birthday than July? Only if you go backwards. Mine no. was November. Wow, I guess I'm the number one pick then. All right, July. It's, four, it's, five, it's five months away. There's no way I rigged that. So I thought I'd get the number two pick, but okay, who's who's next up? What do we got? I'm September. Okay, so you have two. Cap two. And then we'll do stew. So we'll do it snake style. So we'll go forward and then back the way we came. Um, I did a little, well, I don't know if I did a research. I got myself a short list is all I pretty much got in the order in which I, I, I want them in. And that should sort of um, get ourselves talking. I think as we talk, it'll sort of segue into some other, well, one other topic I definitely wanted to talk about. But I, as with the number one pick, I am going to go ahead and pick what I think is going to actually be a massive film, despite the fact that it's a comic book film. And I think we're getting fatigue. I think we're getting Marvel fatigue. But I think Guardians 3 is going to make all the money this year. So that is going to be my pick, Guardians Volume 3. Uh, on that note, I'm excited about Guardians 3. It lo- the trailer looked good at the Super Bowl. I'll say that. I love Guardians yeah, I love Guardians 1 and 2. I think Guardians 2 is a super underrated movie. And I, I think as, as James Gunn's farewell to the MCU, there's little chance it's not going to be great. So, yeah. It, it's got I, a real sense. My number two. Yeah, it's got a real sense of finality about it. So yeah. uh, I think I, James Gunn's a smart enough man to know how to, how to provide that closure and pull those emotional strings. Cause I cried a couple times during guardians too, actually. And that was just for Yondu. So what can you do when I'm saying goodbye to theoretically, maybe not all the characters, cause I'm sure they'll pop up in other sort of big situations, but at least his version of these characters and seeing them all together in, in that story. So, um, that's it for me. So I still predict that MCU fatigue, although it's a real thing, I think Guardians 3 will be immune from it, although it's another one of those sort of OGs sort of dying off. Sorry, Kev, I cut you off. It's okay. Did I read that Dave Bautista is going to retire from action films as well? He feels he's getting too old. Maybe he's, he's well into his 50s. So yeah. I do want to see that one he's just come out with, the, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan one. It's good. I'm going to go next week. I've heard good things, so it is one that I want to see. Even though the minute you hear I'm not Shyamalan, you start looking around going, okay, (laughs) what's it going to be this time? Because you don't know how to play it straight. That would be the one time he's actually going to play it straight and we'll all walk out feeling ripped off. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's really good, and Batista's a complete star in it. Oh, he's a, I've argued, I think he's the best wrestler turned actor ever. Now, The Rock's a better movie star, but I think Batista's the best, the best actor there's ever been. Definitely more. More yeah. talented than The Rock, yeah. Sure. So, Roddy that, Piper. I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm here to. to <laughs> I'm here to chew. What was it? Something kick ass and chew bubblegum. Kick ass and chew bubblegum. I'm all out of bubblegum. Bubble there we go. <laughs> all right. So uh, that's me. Guardians three. Kev, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna go off on a limb here a little bit. Okay. I may be crazy, but I'm thinking. The highest grossing movie is going to be the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. It's right. animated. So it can, it's a kid's you know, movie. They can dub it. It's a kid's yeah. movie. Uh, you know, I guess Chris Pratt's not going to do an offensive accent. So that's something. <laughs> so, wow. Do it. Super Mario Brothers, baby. Are you excited about that? No. No, me either. No. I, I won't see it. <laughs> 
Not in, not in cinemas, that's for sure. I won't go see that. Uh, I, no. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big Chris Pratt person. I, you know, the more we find out about his personal life, the less I kind of want to see him in stuff. But there's been a real turn I, I on that it guy. Looks good, yeah, yeah. I think it looks good. I'll see it in theaters. But I will say that we do have him number one and number two. Yes. <laughs> Let's so. Oh damn. <laughs> so Stu, unless you know about another Jurassic World movie that's coming out, I think we'll have to stop <laughs> the cycle. <laughs> No, I have, you know, neither of you took the movie I personally think is going to be the highest grossing of the year. So I'll, I'll take it at number three here. I have Mission Impossible 7. Wow, really? You think it's going to do that well? I do. I think like with uh, Top Gun last year being a complete Tom Cruise renaissance and it's a really big franchise and it's it's part one of a two part finale for the Mission Impossible series. I looked at this year and I, I think it's going to be the highest grossest, but I mean, I'm terrible at predicting the stuff it could end up the year like 16th and i'd be like yeah that sounds right i'm bad at this i mean it's, it's that thing and it is the idea about getting yourself back into into cinemas and you know another one of those movies you leave and you kind of go what was that movie about again because i think mission impossible movies generally are that uh where you, what you remember you remember the giant set piece in in any mission impossible movie save for the first one Oh, see, the first one's maybe the, the third one. The only thing I remember about the first one is uh, him rappelling down the room. Yeah, absolutely. A, a fight right. in a train, and that's all I remember. Oh, really? You don't remember the bit about like the knock list, and you know, it's it's <laughs> the knock list, and you John know, Voight John Voight, John Voight, what John Voight's really alive and married to a woman 30 years younger than he is. <laughs> oh, at least, <laughs> but it's okay because she's in the former Soviet Union, so we don't really ask any questions. Anything goes, yeah. There we go. So Mission Impossible 7. I, I tell you what, I did have it higher up than I was first thinking when I went, really? Uh, but I actually had it one spot above Super Mario. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stu, back the way we came, buddy. So you get to do this again. Oh, I've, I've got three movies pretty much bunched up here where I think these three could finish in any order. So I'm not entirely super comfortable on this, but... I'll go with this one and say, boy, society loves the nostalgia. And I think people want to get the taste of refrigerators washed out of their mouths. And I'll say Indiana ah. Jones five. Okay. <laughs> What's it called? The dial of fate or something or destiny? Di- dial of destiny. You got, it's got to be alliterative, doesn't it? Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, Indy five. In Dude, I didn't. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, tell cool. you what it's been our number four pick i have it ranked as my number four on my list so uh nice. it's going right according to experts prognostications there we are <laughs> oh you're the expert okay. I, I, I i yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the only list i have at my disposal <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that. um yeah apparently he's removed all the jokes about his age from the script like out of the out of the edit so i'm just like a, I mean, how can you make the jokes when he was 60 in uh, Crystal Skull and not make him when he's 80? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he does seem to be a guy who takes himself seriously. Very seriously. I'm hoping seriously. I'm hoping the Phoebe Waller-Bridge angle will bring some sort of freshness to this, but she sure as hell didn't to, to uh, no, no Time to Die, so I don't know if she was involved at all with the writing of this at all, but I... Yeah, because um, indie indie movies are supposed to be a little self-deprecating, and I'm like, the, isn't the thing to go to the fact that you're 80? Yeah. 
Does it take place like 20 years after Crystal Skulls? Like this is the 1970s now, or how's this working? It would, it, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Right. Oh, I don't questions. know. I don't know. I mean, I would kill if Short Round came around and he was like a 50 year old man. Like that would be <laughs> that would oh, be he's ideal. Having, he's having a renaissance too. You could potentially have Oscar winning Short Round make a return. That would be tremendous. Are you serious? Is he up for something? Yeah, he's up for best supporting actor. Oh, shut up! Really? Everything everywhere. Yeah. Everything. Oh, he's everything everywhere all at once. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that is insane. That would be tremendous. If that's the case, then you got to find a way to, to get him in there. I I, I, I don't want there to be 20 minutes of de-aging on Harrison Ford. That's the only thing I don't want. I don't think they're going to, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So uh, from the ultimate old man movie, I suppose. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't left alone with Last Crusade. Uh, Kev, where are we going now? I'm going to go Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do it because uh, um, oh, Jason Momoa is also in Fast X. So this is the year of Momoa, as far as I'm concerned. They're priming the pump, and then people will be begging for more. They so say he's a poor man's Chris Pratt, because we had him with the double right. earlier. So maybe maybe, maybe we'll see some it's things happen. It's said, yes. Yeah. That's funny. I've always called Jason Momoa the uh, Dollar Tree version of The Rock. Hey, that's oh. well. He's not. He's not in Fast X, is he? So <laughs> there we are. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial. That was the. Uh, I know we're very early in. That's the first pick that didn't make my short list. I didn't even have Aquaman on the list. No, I Aquaman went halfway shots down. Shots at me? Is that what this is? Shots fired? No, it's it's more shots fired at the first Aquaman movie, which was so goddamn dreadful. I think. I, oh. I think he's somehow. I've used this term a couple times, but I'll use it in this case as far as he's the one guy from the DCEU who seems like you can't take him down. Like yeah, he he's the internet loves Jason Momoa and as a result, you know, just just stay out of the way and we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh absolutely. Oh, I've got two films and it's really hard. I've got my number two and my number three is still both on the board, and I <laughs> I don't know which one to take. Uh yes I do. I'm Did you get to take them both? Oh I do. So I'm gonna take them both. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Why not both? So in my first pick, I'm going to take Return to the Spider-Verse, or whatever they're calling it, Spider-Verse 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Spidey 2. I enjoyed animated. quite a bit. Yeah, I think oh. I think it's kind of a crossroads of a lot of different sections to society. Uh, I think it goes younger than even the, the Marvel films does as far as feel and energy. And I think the first was such an overwhelming surprise of how how strong the movie was, let alone how the reaction was, I think uh, you build upon that with the next one. And then for number three, I'm going to go ahead and do Year of Jason Momoa. I'm doing Fast X. I, I won't see it, but I'm absolutely thinking everybody else is going to see it. So there we go. Uh, uh, I, I watched, I'll tell you this much. I mean, Whoever put that trailer together for the Super Bowl, they can put together a trailer because that felt like an event, an event that you can't oh, yeah. miss. And I sat there and did think to myself, because a while back I thought, should I get back into these Fast and Furious movies? Because I got to number two, didn't mind number two, and then I just stopped watching them. 
And then when The Rock came on board. You Too Fast, Too Furious? That was it? I watched it. I wasn't about to watch him when they went to Tokyo. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching no characters I'm familiar with. The cars and the branding are not that strong for me to watch that. And then The Rock came in. I went, oh, maybe. And then by the time I got six, seven people went, oh, it, The Rock's really turned this around. And I'm like, should I? And I, I tried to get through uh, Fast and Furious, whatever the fourth one was called, because they stopped. They started messing around with the names. Um, Fast and Furious Nova. Yeah, so Fast and Furious, I guess, was four. Um, and so when it got to its, like, tenth setting in eight minutes, I went, no, okay, this is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I even tried to live tweet it, and I was like, no, I give up. This is a good few years ago. And uh, But it did make me go, and I watched this. Is it worth the time to get caught up so I can experience this event film? And I don't think I the answer to that is yes. I'm a scholar. Okay. Are you? If you will. <laughs> uh, Fast Five is really the one. If oh, is it? Oh, okay. Only one movie. That's the one. Because that's the one when The Rock joins yeah, yeah. the gang, basically, or, or starts uh, appearing in the movies. Yeah. I think that's kind of the apex. Fast Furious 6 is good. Furious 7, not bad. And then it starts dipping. We I watched uh, F9, as the last one was called. Yeah. Not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> Not yeah, I've heard. Movie. I've heard the ninth one was really bad. Yeah. So Is John Cena, a good actor. You guys are a wrestling. Fan. Ooh. I, I'm not impressed. He's, he's got one really good shtick where because he played such a wholesome wrestler for so long, he's really good at playing like an acerbic, self-deprecating asshole, like peacemaker, like he was yes. in Vacation Friends, like he was in Trainwreck. If he can branch out from just having his one really good shtick, we'll see. But for what he does really well, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, there were pictures of him on the streets of L.A. in pantyhose and high heels and a skirt. Uh, so it seems like he's trying to do he's branching out in some degree there. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, I really like Peacemaker. I thought it was a departure from Trainwreck. Trainwreck was he's just playing kind of. He's like a self-aware John Cena caricature in that movie. Uh, Peacemaker, I thought, you know, as far as like, you know, he is Captain America gone wrong. It's what happens if you have this slavish um, allegiance to to, to, to authority. You get get Peacemaker. And I haven't seen the HBO series. I've only seen uh, him in The Suicide Squad. Um, But I think he's got something in there. Uh, I think he's probably at the end of the day more The Rock than he is Dave Batista, but um, but I think The Rock is much better than John Cena. Oh, really? Boom. Oh, I, see, I don't know. I think I think Cena, Cena, and Rock are pretty interchangeable in their talent level, and Batista's at least a step or two ahead of both of them. See, I think The Rock just plays The Rock in everything. Raise an yeah, eyebrow when they want me. it. Smile that million dollar smile. And then play, okay and then like something like Jumanji works because you just have him play like 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 a nervous kid's inside of him, and he's like super impressed of basically. Wow, look at how great I am, and that's acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really muscular. Wow. Yep. <laughs> he was Smolder Bravestone. Smolder Bravestone. <laughs> that's exactly. And 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 that that is who he is. So there we go. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm going fast X. I got to take my three. That's brilliant. I feel pretty good about myself. Uh, Kev, round four. I am going back to the MCU, and this is. I, I'm doing nothing but bold choices here. I'm picking the Marvels. Ooh, it's got the nice. all the gang. 
got kind of the teenage uh, thing because you have young Ms. Marvel. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's going to be good. We'll see. Uh, but I think it'll do well. All right. I really want to see the Marvels. I don't know if it's going to score that high at the box office, but boy, ever since they announced this one, I've been waiting. For Pardon? That. I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to use you, Stu, as my, as my comic book movie expert on this here to get me in. The Marvels, this, this is a link to Captain Marvel, right? This is just the sequel to that or sort of a sequel to that. It's sort of a sequel to Captain Marvel with elements from the Vision, the WandaVision show, and it's a yeah. follow-up to the Ms. Marvel TV show. Okay, I haven't seen that. Um, so my question would be this. I'm not sure any of those have a really pot. We talked about the, the legacy of Avatar, the cultural impact it had. I think I think Captain Marvel is one of those ones that people kind of look back at and go, not really a hit. Not really a hit that one, despite the nineties nostalgia leading people at first to go, oh, it's gonna be great. And it kinda went and people went, Oh, all right. No, I tried to watch it uh more recently and I was I just I bailed. I'm like, not feeling it. It is one, I think, of two MCU films. Yeah, it's one of two MCU films I have not seen. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is one of them. But the other one, and it's weird because I'm a nineties kid, man. I I'm all about going back and living that lifestyle, but uh uh, Captain Marvel, I just haven't found the need to sit down and go, I need to watch this. Because that's when I said, am I going to miss anything? And they went, no, no, you're fine. Um, it did. I mean, my, so my only knowledge of Captain Marvel is what happened in Endgame, where I went, it's the Superman problem, in it. You've got a character who's way too powerful. What do you do with her now? Right. So, such is. Uh, but the Marvels is pick four, sorry, round four, pick two. So, Stu, where are you going now? Uh, I know exactly where I'm going. Uh, I mentioned at my last pick I had three movies bunched up, and I picked one, and you guys left the other two there, so I'm taking them back to there back. There you go. But uh, this one pisses me off because I don't want this movie to make money, but it will. This movie's going to make a ton of money because everybody in the universe is ignoring how problematic its star is because, oh, uh, Michael Keaton's back. Wow. So it's going to be the flash. You just quoted Liam, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Liam's, ah, oh, bless him. I love him. But he was like, I just want to see Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm like, there, there, there aren't bigger issues at play. <laughs> yeah. I if, if I had my druthers, this movie would make no money, but it's going to make a ton. And because people want to see Michael Keaton in the Batsuit saying, I'm Batman. So, yeah, I, eh, eh. It makes I mean, me and, and, so let's just explicitly Miller, it was, it's it, it's it's the flash right i just want to make sure we explicitly mention what the movie is because we haven't oh, said the I name of, no <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well and ezra miller was was very entertaining in those justice league movies i mean i thought he was great but you can't kidnap people i no. don't care how good you are in those no. movies no you can't assault oh. people for singing karaoke you can't steal things you can't take pictures of a one-year-old in your house chewing on a bullet it's it's all bad it's all bad that was quite the fortnight when when that was all going down and it was like what is occurring here yikes i i have to assume for the last several months warner brothers has just had him locked in a hotel room yeah. and don't let him out what a trailer i'll tell you what and i didn't hear how i didn't hear the kind of backlash i thought it was going to after it no, I I, 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 hoping, th but. I think by giving away a lot of the Batman stuff, 
was a perfect distraction, like you're saying, though, from everything else. So yeah. you make it more of a, it's the Batman return as opposed to... Right. And your last images, if I'm not mistaken, that the last images are all of Keaton as opposed to of Barry. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're left going, oh, Michael Keaton. So a very well-constructed trailer. Not a lot of close-ups of Ezra. That's for sure. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Starring some guys, the Flash. (laughs) But have we mentioned Batman, 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 Batman? It's... It's like how the WWE Network treated Chris Benoit. It's like Michael Keaton in The Flash. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So there's The Flash, which I'll be honest with you, didn't even make my list. I think more because Ooh. I just missed I think I just missed it. I don't know. Oh, okay. No, not because I saw it and weighed it and went. No, I wasn't thinking. Because I'm the guy who's, I mean, I remember arguing, debating with uh, Danny if it's a musical. Because he thought no one was going to go see Fantastic Beasts 3. And I'm like, no, nah, you're insane. You're insane. <laughs> they're all going to say what they want to say on Twitter, and they're all going to go see the movie, yeah. which is what happened. Yeah, true. Which is what happened. So uh, I've, I've got no doubt that The Flash will do quite well, as, as you're saying there. Uh, but what's the one that comes out? So you could have cushioned the blow by putting that after something and sort of pulling a little bit of the studio magic yourself by focusing on the first one. But instead, you rank that above whatever this one's going to be here. I ranked it above the, uh, well, we just talked about Dave Batista. I, I assume he's in this movie, but I could be wrong because I never saw the first one either. Uh, Dune 2. He is in the first one. Well, yeah, but I don't know if he's in the second one. I don't know if he dies or whatever. I didn't see the first one. so Dune I just know two. he was in it. Mo Dune. <laughs> Dune harder. <laughs> <laughs> too Dune, too furious. <laughs> A Dune Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> well. There it is. Dune to the streets. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I mean, De- Denny's Villeneuve films, they all look pretty to me, but the story tends to take forever to get there. Uh, so I didn't see number one. Um, I won't see number two, I doubt. Well, definitely not. I've seen part one. I'll say that much. Um, yeah, it just feels like it's a, a big ask. I mean, I don't know. I did Denis Villeneuve. He did Prisoners, right? Yes. Yeah, I love Prisoners, but it's like ever since then he was like, I just really want to take pretty pictures. <laughs> That's just really what I want to do. These beautiful, beautiful, like, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, beautifully shot. Yeah, beautifully shot. Took a long time to get there. Yeah, I mean, I like Dune, but it's a slow burn. Yeah, <laughs> you better buckle up. Make sure you got your pillow and your blankie. <laughs> Because you're going to be there a while. <laughs> probably the opposite of buckle up then in that regard. You can probably take the seatbelt <laughs> off. <laughs> that's, that's unbutton your pants. <laughs> it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> One of the few movies where you leave having Stockholm Syndrome with the film you just watched. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, on that note, Kev, let's, let's pivot. Where are we going with your penultimate pick? Round five, your penultimate pick. I'm going to Disney, The Little Mermaid. Ah, I was I was told that was my next one. So well done there. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it it honestly was the next the first movie on my list that hadn't been picked yet was The Little Mermaid. Yeah. So, I well, you tell me why you chose, and then I'm going to tell you why you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, cold blooded Disney movies just do well. I mean, they're kids movies. I mean, if you go back and look at the other, what was it, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, all the live action remakes. They seem to do well. People seem to like them. 
Yeah. Um, we talk, we reviewed Black Panther on our podcast a while back. And I said at the end of that one, because he got nominated for Best Picture um, that year. And I opined that it wasn't even the best movie Marvel came out with that year. My argument was that Infinity War was a stronger movie than Black Panther. Uh, I'm not sure if I still hold to that, although I still say I don't think it's 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 a, it's a wide margin between the two anyway. But I said some films are really, really important films, and I think this is a really, really important film. And I think after generations of being told that Disney princesses and heroines and all these things are these right. pre- are these pretty white girls, we're, we're, we're now actually, and not just in a um animated form but in sort of this in sort of a live action one but one of the established properties and not one that's set this isn't this isn't moana where she's set in an island in a narrative firmly surrounded by people who are of um polynesian i don't know i, I think i'm, I'm fairly right. close on that narrative this is this 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 the, ariel can, can can be anybody and so to choose to make that a little black girl i think that's got cultural impact the kind I think it's going to do for Disney movies what Black Panther did for 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 Marvel movies in the sense where it's going to allow people to see themselves represented on screen in a way that hasn't been been allowed for, even in stories of the Princess and the Frog. I think this is a whole another level, and I think it's going to be a culturally important movie. So yeah, I think uh, I had it ranked fifth, so <laughs> I just never got around to getting to it. So yeah. And I think it's important. I mean, it's obviously a mythological character, right? Yep. So you can do whatever yeah. you want. Sure. It's like, uh, you know, Rings of Power, for example. People were bent out of shape because there are people of color in Middle Earth. It's a fictional place. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Yes, it is. I know. People People are the, the dirt fucking worst. I don't know what to tell you. Right. I it's 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 the worst part of twitter i love twitter i've met fantastic folks like you and we do these shows and so many other people that i've helped out and they've helped out me and then occasionally you just wander off twitter and you're just like oh oh this is why the earth should just hurtle into the sun we're a terrible people sometimes aren't we yeah right i was talking to a colleague about that and she went she's done twitter and she went i've had to be on twitter for work for this reason and i was like she's like, like, she's like twitter's a, a dark place i went yeah yeah it is yeah <laughs> it can be no question yeah um so uh, yeah uh I, i'm trying to find a fun way to segue into this but i, I don't really have one so i'm just going to go ahead and say oh i don't know i'm going to go with the squeak the, the 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 classic american dream of what children uh i don't even know what i'm saying here i'm choosing barbie <laughs> barbie's my pick barbie okay. Barbie's my pick when you're going to have like Mr. Vanilla white bread, Ryan Gosling himself. And we're going to put him from Canada, from Canada, way, Canada. No, actually there's, there's no American content in this. Cause then you've got, what's her name? Who's Australian on the other side of it. Margot Robbie. Thank you. Margot Robbie. Right. So I'm going with Barbie. I think it's going to do surprisingly well amongst like the 20 somethings. I think they're going to go see yeah. this in droves. I think it's going to be very self-aware. I think it's going it's interesting because what what can you do with 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 a Barbie film? And I think it's going to be this is going to sound like a weird comparison to make. I think it's going to kind of have like a Lego movie element to it, where none of us really know what to expect. And I think it's going to surprise us by bringing something new and original and something with some sort of quality. And I think the buzz I think it's going to own the internet. 
when it when it comes out. It's going to be an absolute everywhere. And because Gosling's not signing up for some sort of half rate thing on this one, I think he's been very. He's a guy who's very careful about his image, and I think. Oh, I was going to say, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. We've talked a couple times with these movies where it's like, boy, they knew how to make a trailer. Boy, the people who did the first Barbie trailer knew how to make a friggin' trailer. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Is it good? Oh, it's it's phenomenal. It starts off in the first several seconds are a parody of 2001 A Space Odyssey, where it's <laughs> instead of like monkeys worshipping an obelisk, there's a bunch of little girls worshipping a Barbie doll that's cool oh it's such a good trailer that that makes me feel even better about my pick then so there we go and then oh do i play it safe or do i take the do i hit the hail mary for my last one never play it safe bro uh look at my looks here i've got guardians i've got spidey two i've got wait are we only four rounds in we're only four rounds in oh okay i thought we were five rounds in no, we're four rounds in. Wow. Okay. I'm going to take then. Oh, geez. No, I'm going to go for it. No one else is taking it. I'm going to take it. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Uh, I just next on my list. I just think it's, I think it's guaranteed safe money. I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get over $500 million. I'm, if I'm lucky, I'll get, <laughs> I'll, I'll get towards a bill. Um, and that's going to allow me to play the last pick a little, even though I did have one ranked higher, it was a bit of a, it's 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 less of a sure thing but could break big uh, but instead i'm not even that as we said i don't know if it was on mic or off mic uh i'm not that big on ant-man never really happened uh so such is there um but i love paul rudd so there we go i got gosling i got rudd life's good i think i'm surprised some of the marvel movies that went in this draft went before this because this is the big kang setup movie like we already know yep. the next avengers movie is based on kang and this is the one that's going to set that up so i think right. guardians will probably gross more than this as much as i want the marvels to i think this will outgross the marvels i'm surprised i'm not sure i said it but let me just restate in case in case it didn't Jeez. uh the rules for this is quite simply we're going uh, any movie that was released in 2023 and uh as a result its finances will roll over to february 2024 and that was really it so we could pick anything that had been released in january of 2023 which is why well or early february which is why i was able to get that man in the wasp so there we go um kev oh you have one more though don't you no i've done barbie and then i did that man in the wasp oh you're right but it's the end of next round yeah Yeah. gotcha okay i'm gonna go with uh transformers rise of the beasts transformers seven for short yeah Yeah, internationally they love oh they love them they love them some transformers true that's true Dan. another yeah. one where i saw the trailer and i went maybe they figured out but it's okay for the films to be funny again i don't know if bumblebee taught them but they're like oh that was looked at it, i went i actually might consider watching this one because it seemed like it was actually just fun bumblebee was good yeah. i enjoyed bumblebee yeah yeah bumblebee was good. i don't know how it was possible for a movie about space robots who pantomime as cars to get as caught up in its own mythology as transformers did <laughs> But somehow, uh, I didn't think I'd be uttering the words, took itself a little bit too seriously. I don't think I was going to mention that, but, but very much did. So, yeah, Transformers, um, whatever, animal, blah, 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 rise of the animals. Shia in this one? I keep asking if Shia's coming. I don't think Shia moves in this one. Shia's in anything. No, I think trying to get 
The guy's trying to get Peanut Butter Falcon 2 made. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stu. Uh, All right. So I... uh... For my fifth pick, since I've got the two back-to-back to end my draft here, I will go with far too many people were confused and thought Ghostbusters Afterlife was a good movie, so I think that Ghostbusters 4 will will place here. Yeah, I had it on my short list. It's pretty low on it, but so was Transformers, so, you know, such is. Um but I, I see... No interest in it. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, see, I'm not, a trans- I'm not a Ghostbusters guy. I didn't even like the originals. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. Whoa. Fighting words, fighting words. <laughs> I went on Flickchart and was like, "What's one of the great comedies that I have not seen?" And it came up, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna watch Ghostbusters." And then I watched it and went, "Oh, I really don't like this." Um, and then didn't watch, didn't watch two. Um, it was not that good. I saw, I saw the all female remake and didn't like that. that blows. Yeah, not because I'm a misogynist, but because women are just as capable of making a bad movie as men are. Um. <laughs> We can be misogynist, but it's also a bad film. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, we've got, uh, and then, yeah, I watched Afterlife, and I'm like, okay, this, uh, this is the Stranger Things crossover I didn't think I needed, but okay. Well, here's here's the thing about Afterlife. If you didn't like Ghostbusters 1, you sure as hell weren't going to like Ghostbusters Afterlife because it was just Ghostbusters 1. Oh, and that, and it was all with, built. With, with no humor. Yeah. With and, no humor, that was the issue. I mean, my favorite part was the kid who said, "My name's Podcast," and I meant to find that and rip it so I could use it for podcasting related <laughs> stuff. But haven't done that. Yeah, but then, but then, bodies, bodies, bodies gave us a better line. I don't know this. <laughs> oh, there's a line in bodies, right? bodies, bodies where the girls like, "I make a podcast. It's a lot of work. I have to make a Google Calendar." <laughs> 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 All right, uh, I, I do think Ghostbusters 4 has got some market potential, but uh, what is your final pick? couple movies floating around here near the bottom of my list. I think I'm going to go with John Wick 4. Yeah, I have that pretty high up on mine, actually. It's hard because, I mean, I guess I have a couple. I, I don't know what movies are rated, actually. I assume Mission Impossible 7 might be R, but I have no idea, and it was my first pick. But R movies are so tough to gauge because uh, their audience is There's, there's very much the potential that, yeah, you could get cut off of the legs there. And yeah. John Wick 4 is three hours long, which I think a lot of people might be like, oh, I'll wait till that comes out at home. What it, Otherwise, I would have this a lot higher. I haven't seen any John Wick movies. Oh, they're good. They are good. I think they live up to the hype. I like all three of them. You'd almost think that with the release of John Wick four, it would be a uh, it'd be an apropos time to uh, review my first John Wick film. Go for I'm it. just gonna I say to- I'm gonna say if I was the kind of person who uh, planned my schedule two years in advance, and I am, <laughs> <laughs> it might be something that I might pop up. The first one a lot. Yeah, the first one I thought was great. I didn't think the second third one. Let me ask you a question because I'm legitimately concerned about Georgia. When we run, when we review it, how bad? Because I'm aware of, of 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 the dog snuff. So how bad is the dog scene? If I it's not like it's, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think you see them actively murdering the dog. You okay. just kind of like you see them see the dog, then it cuts, then you cut to John Wick finding his dead dog. It's not like you see them bludgeoning the dog. If I recall correctly, okay, cool. I, I think it's like one kick. Okay. I think you get one kick, and then that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's not a snuff film. Because train spotting, a dog got shot with a BB gun, and she tried to give it a zero. And I was like, you can't give it a zero just because it shot a dog with a BB gun. We talked her up to it, see what it said. 
for train spotting. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Kev, where are we at? Last pick. I'm looking at this list, and I don't know if any of these. Some of these are, are questionable. Um, Oppenheimer. Oh. That that's the one I was referring to on on the last one. That I was like, there's one that has the chance Woo! to break big. Yeah, it could blow up. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. Where's where's Christopher Nolan at with the populace now? Did Tenet make them all go? I don't know about this guy. Yeah, and is this a movie that's going to have? widespread appeal based on like it's a true story it's not a you know him getting to make mess up with the universe or something yeah i want to see it but i i don't know what the the mass appeal to it might or might not be um, three of us seem to be predicting that barbie is going to outgross it though which is they come <laughs> out the same weekend i've got them right up against each other i have barbie ever so slightly above it um yeah i think it's different an, audience different audience <sighs> I think a casual is much more likely to go see Barbie than Oppenheimer. Um, you asked about Tenet. I think Tenet was very high concept, and as a result, yeah. somewhat inaccessible. Um, somewhat. <laughs> I love Chris Nolan, and then I went and saw Tenet and went, oh, guy, you need someone to tell you to rein it in just a, just a bit, just a yeah. bit, because I love the way he plays with narrative structure, especially. It's my favorite mm-hmm. part about i'm actually really excited they've changed the films that we're allowed to teach we have to teach off a short list and uh they've taken off pulp fiction which i was like damn it because i really enjoyed that but one of the options to replace it's memento and i'm like oh very cool i'll be doing that so i love how he plays with narrative structure love the prestige um so i'm generally in for whatever he's doing um and so but tenet you sort of sat there and when anybody who's a critic of of nolan's storytelling style it's like he got like drunk one night and went i'll show him i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna do everything five times as much and it was like oh and it's a shame because the the acting performances here's the we talked about you know acting performances in a film and can can a great acting save a bad film or whatever the case might be right i thought the kid from twilight was really really good in it the kid from twilight robert pattinson is that Uh, that's him you know when he's not when he's not sparkling as he plays baseball he's pretty good. Um, yep. I thought uh, obviously um, oh what's his name Denzel's kid uh, John John so, David Washington. John David Washington there it is I thought he sh- I always think he's tremendous but uh, I thought he was especially so in that uh, but I just think yeah it was a re- you're asking a lot for the audience to hold on to that yes. place where it gets to the median and it starts coming back the way it came you're asking a lot for the audience to stick with it because it's a long movie too because nolan doesn't don't make two hour films you know what i'm saying so oh. you're waiting like an hour and 20 minutes to hit that point where it starts to come back and you go oh maybe i've got a grasp on this now structurally some amazing things like the score is both forwards and backwards in equal measure i'm like who thinks of this but that's right. the thing where I'm going really high concept. But you're not just going to listen there and go, oh, I hear the score is forward and backwards. That's really cool. <laughs> you're not going to pick that up. Someone has to tell you that. And you go, oh, that's cool. So I'm going to put butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's me. Ready? Here's me walking into the theater. And then uh, turn, and here's me walking out of it. <laughs> I'm moonwalking right out the door. Yeah. 
So, I, I mean, I picked up on the kind of key sort of enigmas pretty early, but still I was like, I'm not walking out going, I really, like the prestige I walk out going, what a movie. Memento, I walk out going, wow, what a movie. Tenet, I walk out going, I think I got it. I have a headache. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if that's really where you want to leave things. So Oppenheimer is a difficult one to go. Where does that Christopher Nolan brand, what value does it have? Are right. they going to remember the guy? And I haven't seen it Interstellar yet, but I know it was a big, it seemed to be a big uh, hit. People seem to like that. Is it people who, who regard those early works? Or are people going to remember Tenet and go, nah, I think I'm good, man. I think I'm good. That's the question. I think Tenet had the little security blanket of COVID, though, where I bet the casual moviegoer doesn't even know Tenet happened. Interesting, because he waited. He fought for that for a long time. But the best he got was 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 pandemic economy for the film yeah, industry. Right. Like it lost it lost a hundred million dollars without without breaking a sweat. Oh, I'm really left with a bunch of crap. Um <laughs> Oh, that's been taken. <laughs> Scraping the barrel. Okay, I'm going to say that might make a lot of money, actually, but I'm going to stay. Oh, my word. It's just pants. Um, like our fantasy football league. Yeah, yeah. I see, I had Oppenheimer still available, and I felt pretty good about that. I'm going to go with... Oh, what the hell? I'm going to go with Wonka. I'm going to go with Wonka as my last pick. This kind of... I've, I've literally never heard of this. Oh, really? I assume it's a Willy Wonka it's, movie. It's, but... it's, it's, it's like a Willy Wonka prequel where it talks about how he gets the factory. It's releasing very late in the year. It? No, it's like Timothy Chalamet or something like that. Okay. Oh, not another shot. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you what, because here's the ones I was looking at my list. And so by rankings alone, I should have gone with Shazam 2. Because mm. kind of where Ooh, I thought. Left on the board. Left on the board, Shazam 2. The Expendables 4. Yeah. Uh, see, I think I think Fast X is going to take that, that crowd this year. So I don't think it's going to be yeah. that. The Hunger Games is a prequel coming out. But I'm like, that's yeah. always a bit dicey as far as that goes. Because. You know, it's just going to make people want to watch. Was anybody really clamoring for another for, for, for more from from that world anyway? Um, the the George Foreman biopic, which could be huge, could be huge, could be Who's nothing. In it? Do we know? Huh? Who's, Who's in it? Who's no one. In it? No one that I recognized. Oh, okay. There was the trailer at the Super Bowl. The trailer looked great. Oh, I don't even remember that trailer. Yeah, it was the yeah because I was watching the the American feed here. So yeah, um, Haunted Mansion is getting a redo. The cast is huge. Mm. Uh, Creed three. Yeah, oh, I had Creed yes. three left. Yes, I, I, that's the one that you kept talking about. Like, oh, that could make a ton of money if it's that. Was, I thought you were talking about Creed three. No, nah. that's the the biggest dark horse here. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I will see it. I'm going to see it. I was yeah. going to say, in, in, Chris, in, in, Chris Pine, man. In, in the same way that you've got the Barbie and the Lego movie, like, what, what are you going to do with this license? What are you, what, what's going to happen? And it, Chris Pine, I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you just let him be charming. That's all you need. The Meg 2. <laughs> the Trench. <laughs> and then finally, I had, and I really considered it. 
Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Man, kids, kids love Paw Patrol like it's. They do. They do. I, I don't know how to explain it. And the last one made 135 million. And I don't think I think the the Paw Patrol license has only exponentially grown since then. So I think it'll be one of those things that every kid drags their parents out to see it. So I think it's going to make a lot of money, but not enough to leave Wonka because I kind of wanted to go with that. And I'm sitting there going, maybe Creed Three would have a better shot than Wonka. But regardless, that's where I sit. I want to throw out the uh, the the one other one I had on my short list that nobody has mentioned to this point that I I think could be big, especially with how big the TV show Wednesday was and Jenna Ortega blowing up. I think Scream Six. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Hasn't that been released? No. Well, <laughs> it comes out this year. Oh, is it later this year? Yeah, I thought someone told me they Did saw. Have you seen the fifth one? I haven't yes. seen it yet. I like the and fifth one. It- the fifth one was, if I were ranking the whole franchise, it would be my number two. Okay. I'm guessing that's behind was, number one, which is your number yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Scream of number course. one's easily the best. And I thought, like, I thought the franchise just got progressively worse. And then yes. five came along and seemed to reinvigorate it. I saw three, and then I was like, I'm good. I'm done. Oof. Yeah. No, but, but at least they, they end it. You know, she opens the gate at home or something like that. It's like, oh, I don't have to be afraid anymore. And I don't know what happened afterwards. So just like Last Crusade, if I just left things there and not gone and seen Crystal's skull, <laughs> I'd have been fine. True. Legacy sequels, man. Legacy sequels. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, if we just, I mean, we talk about sequel fatigue and, and, and superhero fatigue. I mean, even just looking at the, at the roster that we had here, I mean, everything's existing IP that we looked at. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything on my list, except for the flash has a number after it. Yeah. And the flash is part of the DCEU franchise. Even the stuff that isn't, um, a sequel to something is like Barbie. We all know what Barbie is. It's existing intellectual right. property we're familiar with. Or it's retelling of real... So Oppenheimer, we, we're, we're aware of what that means. Uh, George Foreman, we're aware of who that was. So there's no longer... There's no longer a world for... I don't know, like... Goodwill Hunting wouldn't get made today. You know what I mean? Not that Goodwill Hunting was a box office smash. It wasn't. But, you know, that's not getting made. Uh, the talented Mr. Ripley's not getting made. These movies, these dramas that were like $50 million drama budgets just don't get made today. And as a result, um, it, it's, it's, I've used the metaphor before, it's a whole lot of pizza. Right. Well, they don't sell in China is the issue. Oh, yeah. Kind of, and that's, that's the, the gooch. That's the sad situation we're living in. Yeah, well, uh, it, it also doesn't sell in America, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true poor matt damon here. yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah but that but that is that so that is we'll, we'll keep up to date with uh some things as we go through i'll, I'll punch them into a spreadsheet and we'll sort of see how they're going it'll be a bit of a back and forth because some of us will be waiting quite some time for our, our films to hit but uh right. th- that should be fun to take a look at throughout the year and see where that has gone and it's been a whole lot of fun to have you two gentlemen on as it always is yeah, it'll you. be it'll be fun later in the year it'll be like whenever you're uh you're hinging on that monday night football game to get you back in your fantasy league i'll be waiting all year and be like oh man i need ghostbusters 4 to make me so much money <laughs> like june 2 it's a slow burn everyone's gonna go why do you care why do you care so much about the box office i gotta check <laughs> how was it how was this five-day weekend was it good 
<laughs> so that'll be all right uh yeah it's kind of a fun idea thank you guys for being on board with that wanted to do it for a while and it should be a good lot of fun to do that uh, how about you guys in your pods anything you want to you want to sort of promote on the, on the on the way out uh Stu, you want to uh, uh, kev we'll start with kev <laughs> we've got uh let's see the hidden is currently on our feed and it's alive is coming out on sunday so check it out there we go by the time this drops i think i'll put this out next friday so it'll be already oh, out so there we go there you go on stew world order uh current episode right now is x-men origins wolverine i'm not sure what the next episode is that will be the current episode when this is released and uh big thing i'm happy with over on the website swoproductions.com i am doing my episode by episode review of my first ever watch of buffy the vampire slayer so that show is real funny <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> if it's supposed to be <laughs> Did you ever see the movie? Yes, I've seen. Oh, the, the original movie. movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, I've like watched it. the show before. Uh, here at the BFE, will have just dropped the Wedding Singer, a review of the Wedding Singer on its twenty fifth anniversary, and I think I've had to do a pivot, but I think we've got Ant Man coming up this coming Tuesday. So go check out that's Ant Man the original, as I'm sure we'll have a see it or skip it on Ant Man. Uh, blah 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 quantum mania blah 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 i just want to see kang that's what's going to happen and so we'll have a review of that as well as the first ever we've done over 300 pieces of content i'll be releasing my first ever solo piece of content in 300 pieces as no one would talk that 90s show with me so i'm doing a see or skip it on that 90s show where it's just me ranting about why the show might not be as good as the uh as the thing it's uh it's carrying the torch from and why it isn't and why we, it couldn't be because you could not make that 70s show today no you couldn't you couldn't so that's what we've got there so um in closing i guess we'll just leave the way we came in uh my name is ben ian i'm kevin my name is Stu. all the show no, uh, show stuff will be in the show notes at the bottom thanks for coming and hanging out until next time the council is dissolved And welcome, 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 as once again we assemble the Cinematic Council of Podcasts, but it's kind of like a couple of the, uh, a couple of the, oh, what do you, Hobbits got like taken out by some arrows or something, New York's got them, because we're down to three, my name is Ian. Uh, my I'm name Kevin. is <laughs> <laughs> we, we totally should have, we totally should have practiced this. <laughs> I'll hit the intro again. We'll go Kevin, then we'll go Stu. All right, because <laughs> I can remember what I can remember what a uh, what, what what a Hobbit was. I wanted to call them goblins. I don't know what I was going to do there. <laughs> Let me have a film podcast, please, and thank you. <laughs>